Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. And now a word about my sponsor, Faherty. Faherty is all about clothing for life's best moments, whether it's Friday night game night, the first day of school, or just hanging out with family in your backyard this fall. They make clothes that feel good and they make you feel good. And Faherty is a family brand that believes comfort and quality are key. I lived in my gauzy white Faherty summer dress, and I'm in California, so I plan on wearing it through the fall. Right now, Faherty is giving all of my listeners for Raising Good Humans 15% off on every order. So head to FaherdyBrand.com slash humans20 and use the code humans20 at checkout to get this deal. That's code humans20 at F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com slash humans20 for 15% off. FaherdyBrand.com slash humans20. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Elisa Pressman, and today I have Dr. Dick Schwartz, who is the founder and brain of Internal Family Systems, which has come to offer a paradigm for understanding one's human psyche, a mental construct for controlling behavior, and a roadmap for getting in touch with powerful capacities within, such as our compassion, our confidence, our patience, and wisdom. Who doesn't need that when they're raising kids? Within this IFS framework, Dr. Schwartz is talking to me about, in my own parenting, navigating those moments. We used an example for me to work through anger. I can't even say anger without feeling constricted. So Dr. Schwartz is going to explain internal family systems. He's going to explain the concepts of parts within the psyche and explain what we can do in our interactions day to day with our kids and ourselves to become more integrated and to have access to self. Now, there's some language in internal family systems that Dr. Schwartz uses that might be easier to understand if I give you a little bit of background right now. So he talks about parts within the psyche, which is not a new concept. That's been part of a range of therapeutic approaches from Freud to psychoanalysis to cognitive behavioral approaches. But Dr. Schwartz's contribution to this paradigm of multiplicity came when he guided his clients in dialoguing with their parts they were actually able to access a place of inner calm and connectedness, which is what Dr. Schwartz, when he refers to self, that's what he's talking about. And from self was the place from which they could help facilitate their own 
healing and their own conduct in their lives with the clarity that they were looking for. And so Dr. Schwartz developed and refined and teaches the internal family systems model that posits that each of us is made up of parts that assume and operate within well-defined, important roles for protecting our inner system. And it's only when we acknowledge and embrace the needs of those parts that their roles become more balanced and the skills that they provide are valued assets internally. And that that is when we will have harmony and inner freedom and access to our self. This is such an interesting episode. I really hope you're joining me for the whole thing. And please don't hesitate to subscribe, rate, and write a little review. And of course, you can always reach me on at Raising Good Humans Podcast on Instagram. So I'm honored by your interest in IFS. And I have a lot of personal experience using it with parenting because I have three daughters and now. three grandkids. And also, I feel like parenting is the most difficult task, but also probably the most important for all of us. And so I've, I've given this some thought. And to just introduce IFS briefly to your audience, the basic premise is that we're not unitary minds, that we all have what I call parts, but what other systems call subpersonalities or ego states, things like that can take over or get triggered by our kids all the time. And when one of our protective parts, what we call protector, takes over, we can actually hurt our kids or we can abandon them in some ways. So it's become really important to get to know these parts that do this and be able to, despite their impulses, not have them take over. And, and so. I've developed a way to have that happen. This is kind of like the inner game of parenting. So that's what I'll be talking about. And just, again, to to make it clearer, probably next year will be 40 years ago I stumbled onto this phenomenon because I, like most everybody else, thought the mind was unitary and we had different thoughts and emotions. But I had a bunch of clients start talking about their parts as if they had a lot of autonomy and they could take over and and make them do things like I was saying, and that they had relationships with each other and that they were very polarized inside of them. And this was all both kind of scary and fascinating to me at the time because at first I thought maybe these kids, this was a population of bulimic kids, maybe they were sicker than I thought. Maybe they had this multiple personality disorder. Right until I started listening inside myself and, oh my God, I've got them too. And some of mine are equally extreme. And and then I got curious and learned from just trial and error and asking these kids about what they meant and what how they operated, that they aren't what they seem, that they're really actually good. I just finished a book called No Bad Parts, that there is no bad part inside of us even though some of them in their extreme states can cause a lot of damage to ourselves or to our kids. So, but the basic premise is 
it's the natural state of the mind to have parts. We're born that way and that they're all valuable, have these wonderful resources for us in our lives. And, and that trauma or attachment injuries, which translates, as you know, into like bad parenting, forces them out of their naturally valuable states into roles that, like I said, can do damage. So the goal becomes to listen inside and actually learn how they're trying to protect us and then help them trust it's safe to step out of the roles they're, they're in. But to do that, it turns out, most of them are frozen in the time of the trauma and they still think you're very young. Maybe you're five years old and the, the world is as dangerous now as it was back then. And they carry the extreme beliefs and emotions, which I call burdens, that came into your system from the trauma and attached to them almost like, like a virus, like the coronavirus, and drive the way they operate. So, so that's a very different view of our minds than the traditional one. And it turns out it's, it's quite empowering because when your kid acts like one of your parts, so let's say you have a very angry part of you and you're afraid of that part, or you have a lot of contempt for that part because your family did, your family didn't like that part. And so you adopted their attitude about it. Then when your kid gets angry, it'll trigger that angry part of you and that'll then trigger the part of you that, that doesn't like it or is afraid of it. And then you'll react to your kid in one of those extreme ways. And then that gets passed down into your kid. Okay. Right. Who then takes that in from from you, and it becomes a pattern that gets passed down through the generations. So I'll pause here and, and just see how this sounds so far. It sounds great. And what I would say is those specific examples are really helpful because now I have new questions, of course, and then I want to go back into this. But I wonder, first, if if these parts exist within us, regardless of our early experience, that's my first question. The second part of that question is, can you define trauma? Because you hear a lot of people suggest that their experience, their early experience was traumatic. Maybe sometimes people throw it around. Sometimes people say it quite seriously. There's such a range. And what I'm trying to figure out is in that moment, for example, the five-year-old is the, your five-year-old self. That part stopped developing. That angry part stopped developing and is sort of stuck in this five-year-old self that didn't have the support to know how to honor that part. So now you're an adult. You're in a battle with your child, and their anger is coming out. It it triggers your your stress response so that you're now getting into this cycle, this cycle that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Does that five-year-old self need to have experienced clinical trauma? Or is that five-year-old self just learning about their environment and how their environment is responding to them and, and seeing that, oh, anger, anger seems to really scare my parents or anger seems to fill in the blank. And so it doesn't necessarily look like how we traditionally define trauma, or are those separate? That's right. That's an important distinction. So some of these parts 
become extreme because of trauma. And I can give you an IFS de definition of that if you want. But others become what we call exiled by growing up in a family that has an attitude about them. And so, like you said, the five-year-olds say, oh, my God, if I get angry, then I get more ignoring or I get ashamed or even punished. So I'm going to decide to never get angry. So then that angry one, the one who sees the injustice in the family, gets locked away, gets, gets what we call exiled inside and is still angry and is churning in there. But you, you really try your best to keep it locked up so you can make it in your family. So, yeah, there are, two, there are different pathways for these parts becoming extreme. If they don't become extreme, is it still useful to think of ourselves in this way so that we can respond? Yeah, for me, it's not just thinking of ourselves, it's the way we are, that if they're not extreme, they're in their naturally valuable states, which can okay. be very helpful. So a lot of times when we go to an angry part and ask if you didn't have to be so angry all the time, what might you like to do instead? you'd be amazed. It's often the opposite of the role it was in. Or, you know, the angry part, like I said earlier, can see injustice. So it just wants to, to let you know when something's out of line. And, and it doesn't have to be enraged about it. It just wants to help you be more discerning in your life and, and make better choices. But because you couldn't listen to it, it's really, really angry. It's angry at you and it's angry at your family, your parents. So that when it does break out on occasion, it breaks out in an extreme way. And then that gets more labeling from your family and, and you become the angry one or the, you know, why right. can't you control yourself and, and so on, become the scapegoat. And now a quick break so it can tell you about my sponsors. Okay, I actually learned about Allstate's identity protection when I was interviewing them for this podcast. And I really have to say that I got completely inspired to take precautions to make sure that my family has digital safety. Just the thought of getting hacked or a data breach or, you know, when you have kids who are old enough to be using apps, you want to make sure that their data is protected. With Allstate Identity Protection, you can have peace of mind and not a lot of work. So much of life is logging into our digital lives, and that is why Allstate developed an identity protection product that protects your digital life just like they do your physical life. And with Allstate Identity Protection, they'll reimburse up to a million dollars for out-of-pocket expenses, lost wages, and legal fees. And they'll also cover money stolen from your bank accounts, 401ks, HSAs, and tax returns. And they've been protecting the things that people love for over 90 years. So, of course, it makes sense that they can also monitor and keep you safe should identity theft ever occur. And you can enroll your entire household under one family plan, spouse, kids, parents, in-laws, grandparents, all for a flat rate and less than you would pay for two individual plans without a typical age or residency restriction. Check with your employer because for many folks, Allstate Identity Protection is available through your employer. When you think about identity protection, think Allstate Identity Protection. To find out if your employer offers Allstate Identity Protection, head to AIP.com slash humans. If not, get a 30-day free trial at AIP.com slash humans. 
One last time, that's AIP.com slash humans. I get so much joy and calm from design and renovations and little tweaks to my physical environment that just make them more cheerful. Claire is a new online paint brand that makes paint shopping simple. Claire takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, mess-free, awesome peel and stick paint swatches, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight to your door. We all want to have a beautiful home that reflects our personal style, and paint is one of the easiest and most economical ways to totally transform your home or just a little room, make a small change that makes it feel more like you. If you need help choosing a color, you can try Claire Color Genius, a fun two-minute quiz that's like having an interior designer help you choose a paint color. No more going through 500 swatches of different versions of blue or different versions of even white. And Claire is that brand that offers better paint formulations that are zero VOC, Green Guard Gold certified for better indoor air quality, and meets the most stringent chemical emission standards. Claire is also formulated without any toxic air contaminants, hazardous air pollutants, EPA chemicals of concern, and so that's paint you can feel good about using in your baby's room. And it's a female-founded company, and its founder and CEO is also an interior designer. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash humans to get started and receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. That's www.claire.com slash humans for $5 off. So I'm trying to imagine this part. Um, we'll stick with angry. I feel like that is a really easy one for people to, it really resonates or maybe that's me. So this part is stuck this five-year-old's part or this part that, that stopped developing at five in this, in this space, wherever anger was, this part was placed in the, in the system. Is there a way to help it develop and evolve so that it's now an adult along with you and the rest of your parts? You know, the parts, when they, the goal isn't to, have them grow up because many of them are just designed to be young or to different ages. Mm-hmm. The goal instead is to help them release these burdens, these extreme beliefs and emotions, and to retrieve them from where they're frozen in the trauma so they can live with you in the present. And then when, when you're able to do that, they do transform. Sometimes they grow up, sometimes they get younger. But my thinking is they revert to their naturally valuable state, whatever that is. So it isn't, no, it isn't necessarily to get them to all be adult like us. It's, you know, some of them, you've heard of these inner children. I mean, some of them are designed to be these precious, loving, open, creative, young inner inner parts that give us so much joy but those are the parts often that get hurt the most because they're the most sensitive parts of us and so you know we talked about exiling your anger but you also depending on your family and their attitude about it you also wind up getting hurt or shamed or terrified and those young inner child parts are the ones that take that in the most. And once they become burdened with those emotions, 
then not only does it have an effect in your family, but you become afraid of them. And, and they have the power to pull you back into those scenes in the past and, <clears throat> and make it so you can't function very well. And so then you try to lock them away also inside. And everybody around you tells you to do that because we're in a rugged individualist culture that has the motto of don't look back, just let those memories and emotions go. And so we all have a tendency to exile the pain or terror or shame or sense of rejection or abandonment or all these these feelings that these poor little kids inside of us carry and not realizing we're locking away our most precious resources. And then when you have those kinds of exiles and you're, you're raising a child and your child acts like one of them, then that's going to trigger that part. And then parts that are trying to keep it contained inside of you are going to get activated and you're going to relate to your kid to try and get your kid to not be so weak or to be so scared or whatever is happening. So again, this premise that the way you relate to these parts of you inside is going to translate into how you relate to your kids when they resemble those parts is is really important in IFS. So to make it concrete, your child is lying to you and maybe lying doesn't work. Lying works. Lying works. Okay. But so let's, going. okay. So your child is lying to you and you're feeling like the, the story inside of you is that's coming out is filled with so much fear that I lied. I'm a liar. I was a liar as a child. Look at what happened to me because of it. I have to nip this right now. And so that might be our intuition. What's another lens through which to look at this using IFS when you now have this moment to pause and say, wait a second, I can do this in a different way and think about this part or these parts and think mm-hmm. about what your child is experiencing so that you're not kind of going down that cycle again. Yeah. So what you just described is a lot of what I do when I'm working with families or with parents, which is when they get triggered in a session or to think of a time in, in their parenting career that they got triggered and then just focus inside and notice what's going on in there and find the part that hates lying, for example, and, and then the part that lied and got attacked and start to to get to know those parts, but in the process, separate from them so that you're not acting from them with your child, which, you know, is is like mindfulness, like mindful parenting. That's for IFS. That's a good first step is getting a little separation, noticing them from this different place, which is a whole other topic we should address, which is the big deal about IFS is that I stumbled onto the discovery, again, a little less than 40 years ago, that in addition to these parts, inside of everybody, there's what I call the self with a capital S, which 
when you separate from your parts, you sort of automatically access. And that self is characterized by qualities like calm and compassion and curiosity and confidence and clarity and creativity and connectedness. And so there's a whole school within IFS called self-led parenting leading from that place with your kids rather than from these extreme parts that they trigger. And so it's a combination of in the moment, noticing that you're triggered, noticing that you're not in that place. And there are, you know, physical ways to actually, like I have markers, I'll check. My kids are old now and I wish I knew how to do this when I was raising them, but now, when they still trigger me, or when my wife does, who's much better at it than my kids, I just will notice, okay, there is this angry part of me, and I'm not, my heart's not open anymore, and I do have a big agenda right now, and, you know, I really want her to change, and okay, so I'm not in self, so I'm going to pause our conversation. And I'm going to ask these parts who have blended with me and have tried to take over to just give me a little space so I can speak to her about them. I'll speak for my parts, but I won't speak from them. And, and when I can do that, which I can't always do, but when I can, we have a much better conversation. And she doesn't feel attacked or pushed around, and she can stay in self. And we we have what we call a self-to-self conversation about what I got stirred by. And then, you know, if it keeps happening, I'll find somebody to help me actually go and work with those parts and find where they're stuck in the past and why they're reacting so strongly to her or to my kids and and actually help them heal. So that's the, the process. And now a word from ZocDoc. Have you gotten all of your screenings done? Do you take the time for your health? You know, when you are trying to figure out what restaurant to go to and you go look and read reviews and see what other people have to say, you could do that with doctors too. You want to find high quality doctors that have good bedside manner that you know take your insurance and have ease of scheduling. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. It's a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy to use as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting food delivered to your house. Go to ZocDoc.com slash humans and download the ZocDoc app for free. And then start your search with a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash humans, ZocDoc dot com slash humans. You want to find high quality doctors that have good bedside manner that you know take your insurance and have ease of scheduling. ZocDoc dot com slash humans. Download the ZocDoc app for free. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash humans. ZocDoc.com slash humans. Go get all your screenings. Take care of yourself. So 
how does that look when you're talking to your parts? How do you find that moment between, it does require so much mindfulness, but how do you find that moment between noticing your parts might be wanting to, to be in this, I'm saying conversation in quotes, because if your parts are taking over, it may not sound like a conversation. What are some of the ways that you can say to your parts or rec- even recognize in your body that your parts are now taking over versus self-speaking and saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to take care of your needs. I'm just not going to speak through you. Yeah, we could try it if you want. Would you be up for? Ooh. Sure. Okay. That's so exciting and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe think of a time with your 13-year-old when she she really got your goat or when you had an extreme reaction. Is it her? Was it a girl? Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you think of a time recently? Very quickly. Sure. Okay. Okay. So as you think of that time, notice the thoughts and emotions and impulses that came to you. And if you're open to it, maybe just describe what happened inside of you. Okay. So I noticed that I noticed that my, like, like a blood boiling over kind of feeling, but I don't know what that, you know, the inside of me just feeling like I can tell, you know, like an inside out when the angry character just is about to flip, like the the head's going on fire. I actually in pretty slow motion could feel as she was saying something to me like, oh, this is not going to go well. But it was almost like slow motion, just the bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. Mm -hmm. And my reaction was, to snap at her to stop what she was saying. Like, I'm going to interrupt you right now because I need you to stop saying that so that I don't lose my mind. Right. I still lost my mind. You still did? Yeah. Okay. So initially you felt that, that, I love that character in Inside Out. Me too. Red guy. You felt that coming. And then some, what we call manager part of you said, Stop talking because that little red guy is going to take a blow in any second. Yeah. And, and, and then yet that part did still take over at some point, right? Yes, because that little red guy, once, once he's like got his outfit on to launch, it's like I already right. know what's going to happen. Right. And I, I got a little space in time to give her a warning that like, this is, let's, you don't want to keep doing this. And she, of course, does not care. She like, the warning, right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Ooh, that, that. She's, in her, she's in her own protective part. Yeah. Right. And so you, you had this big parts war. Um, yes. And neither of us used ourselves like that conversation right. did that's not right. happen between us. It was very quick. Yeah. So if you're up for it, we can try to get to know that that little red angry guy a little bit better. Okay. So so go ahead and focus on that bubbling feeling mm-hmm. and find it in your body or around your body. Okay. Where do you find it? In my stomach. How do you feel toward it as you notice it there? It's interesting. I have a voice in my head of how I should feel toward it and how right. I actually feel toward it. My should yeah. voice is like, I welcome it. It's part of who I am. Right. 
it serves me sometimes. I right. just need to care for it. And this other part of me is like, it's the devil inside me. I spent, <laughs> I've spent so many years trying to make sure that it doesn't do anything I don't want it to do. Mm-hmm. And it's cute when kept at bay. Right. Okay. So we're going to ask both of those parts to give us some space to just get curious about it and get to know it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so see if if the one who thinks it's the devil could relax a little bit as well as the one who thinks you should relate to it in an open way. Okay. And now how do you feel toward it? Okay. Okay. I've parted them. I've separated them. Okay. And now how do you feel toward it? I wouldn't know how to relate. You wouldn't know how to relate to it or to uh-huh. people? No, okay. to it. Like without one of those one yeah. of those bosses. But the one who says you wouldn't know how to, let's ask it also to relax. Oh. Okay. And how do you feel toward it now? I have fairly neutral feelings toward it. Yeah. Are you open to getting to know it now? Yeah. So just ask it what it wants you to know about itself and why it gets so angry. And don't think of the answer. Just wait and see what comes from from your stomach. I mean, it's incredibly clear. It just feels it deserves to be heard. Like, yeah. like it just deserves, like it's unfairly quieted. Yeah. And what's it afraid would happen if it wasn't, if it's not heard? What's it afraid is going to happen? If it's not heard, it's not getting its needs met. It's not yeah. like people don't know the truth. That, okay. So it has a strong desire for people to know the truth. Yeah. And it thinks if it doesn't, if it doesn't take over, other parts of you are going to soft pedal or going to not, not tell the truth. Is that right? Yes. So it, it has this intense desire for there to be truth spoken. And it thinks other parts of you aren't going to tell the truth Yeah. if it doesn't totally take over. Is that right? That's exactly right. And is, does it have a point about that? For sure. I, I never really thought about it that way, but absolutely. So let it know that it has a point, that this makes sense, and that you, I just would assume, share its desire for the truth to be spoken. Yeah. And see how it reacts to hearing that. With suspicion. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't totally trust you're not manipulating it or something, right? Yeah, or maybe that I'm going to be as capable of getting to the truth. Well, that's the, that's the question, right? So ask it this. If it trusted you could speak the truth for it, but from a different place, to stay calm and, and connected, even as you spoke the truth, would it have to take over this way? No, no. It's funny because I have 
fully a separated, com- I'm like picturing a thing, like that little character. And that character is a he. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, you can get, you can try. I would love that, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know that that's going to be, I don't know that you could do that without me. Yeah. Well, you know, he probably has good reason to be skeptical about that. Mm-hmm. So let him know that, you know, he can watch and see, but that you get that in order to do that, you're going to have to work with the parts that are afraid to let you speak the truth. So the parts that are not angry, but actually the parts that think that anger is not an acceptable way to approach the truth. Yeah. Or that don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or for whatever reason, don't let you be direct and straight with people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would assume that there are parts that, that this part is polarized with that try to protect other people and think of them first rather than letting you just say what you feel. Yeah. So what I'm saying is before you're, you're going to be able to speak for this angry one. You're going to have to work with those parts that put other people's feelings first. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ah. That's <laughs> right. Like I put real value judgments on those parts in, what? you know, in choosing. How do you feel toward those parts then? I mean, I feel like they're my moral rudder. And I have this like that I I feel like I want them to be bigger, strong, you know, like the stronger one <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> right. So let the angry one know that you get that you're biased on, in favor of those parts. And uh-huh. that, that hasn't been great for this part, the no. angry one. Yeah. If I can, if I see anger as sort of like not able to just live anger's, you know, live that life and always feel embarrassed or that everybody's like, you're the one who needs to go in the corner, I feel compassion. Yeah. So let it know that. Let it know. Let it know you've been mean to it. And that hasn't been fair. And that's partly why it's so angry. <sighs> With, without the inclination of saying, but. Yes, without that but. The, the but parts, maybe we can get, in, get them into a waiting room in there. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Yeah. That is not easy. Not easy, no. No. So maybe to kind of uh, put a cap on this one, just let the angry part know, again, you have compassion now that you listen to it, and you're going to try and create more balance inside so it's not always locked away and has to explode to take to get any airtime. And you're also going to try to see if these others will let you say some things for it so the truth gets out there but it doesn't have to get out there in this explosive way so myself yes 
can speak on yes. behalf of those parts. Yes. And I can express what this part needs. That's right. Still express what the parts that usually quiet that part need. That's right. So that I can say to my daughter, what, you know, this is what is, this makes me angry. That's right. Here's, here's why. I'm not afraid of that anger. You don't have to be afraid of that anger. We're all safe. That's right. And I'm not letting it come out in a way that is harmful because I also believe that nobody deserves that part of the anger. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's beautiful. And you could say to her, and I'm sorry that this part has shamed you in the past and has mm -hmm. come out in a harsh way, but I've been working with it. and it's not going to keep doing that because because I'm able to say this now, some version of that. And so you're not removing the the right. That choice of word is in and of itself amazing, <laughs> but you're not removing the right to feel angry, right. or the removing the right to express that something made you angry. That's right. And so exactly it's less, right. it almost feels like less. There's less to cover up because exactly. I'm because I'm I'm not in a situation where it's like you're never supposed to feel that way. Exactly. You certainly, as a mother, are not supposed to express yourself that way. You can feel however you feel. You can even let your kid know that you feel a certain way. It's mm -hmm. just that you don't let that way take you over. That's exactly right. And you'll find when you can speak for it that way, and the truth gets spoken to your daughter. And you can set limits with your daughter because so many people who are dominated by those caretaking parts that don't want to hurt her feelings or whatever, or afraid of the anger, don't set good limits. Totally. So, so when, when the angry part sees you're doing your job for it, and then it is no longer so furious. It's not, it changes out of that little red guy <laughs> and, and is just helping you be clear with your daughter. I'm picturing that little red guy just in a baby outfit now. <laughs> yeah, right. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.